So we're starting a brand new series today. Um, and it is an, unex- an, an unprecedented, I almost said unexpected, it's an unprecedented Christmas, a, a 2020 Christmas story. And, and we're entering this Advent season, a season of waiting, a, a season of preparation for Christmas. It's a season that, for many of us, we've been maybe looking forward to. It's been a difficult, unprecedented, strange year. And I know that for many, the conversations I'm having, people are putting trees up earlier, lights up earlier, because they want a bit of festive joy to help lift their spirits. I mean, what a year 2020 has been. Uh, many jokes have been said, um, and, and those, one of the ones I really quite like is, you know, those people who are into their five-year plans, I can guarantee you that if they set something in 2015, they got it wrong. Their vision for five years down the road was not what happened, because nobody saw 2020 coming. There were many church gatherings and events setting things to go. 2020 vision, there were conferences, there were all sorts of things, and I can promise you that nobody had 2020 vision to see this coming. It was unprecedented. It is unprecedented. We're still in the midst of it. And I know that in some ways it feels maybe like it's loosened up a bit and we've had maybe a lockdown 2.0, but it's felt a little bit softer and, and there's talk about what's coming up for Christmas and the new year and there's, there's talk of a vaccine and so people are putting their hopes on this thing to say, come on, we're going to be out of this soon and perhaps, perhaps we are. But I also know that my hope isn't going to be found in that of a vaccine. My hope is in Jesus. And I want to encourage you as we enter into the series that you would truly come with all of the rubbish of 2020. (laughs) Because it's so easy for us to kind of put that in different compartments in our brains and in our conversations. But, But the truth is that 2020 has not been an easy year for anybody. Some of us have had maybe easier years than other. Yes, absolutely. But 2020 was not what anybody worldwide expected it to be. And so... This unprecedented time that we're entering into, because we don't even really fully know what Christmas is going to look like. I've constantly been thinking, and kind of one of the things on the back of my mind is that we're, we're planning Carols by Carlight, and we're planning our, our GBC Christmas special, and we're going to live stream, and we're going to, but what happens if something completely changes between now and then that we can't do those things? Is that Christmas ruined? No. But we have to be ready and prepared to the fact that it's so unprecedented that literally we're going almost day by day by day by day. Now, praise God, we're really pretty confident that we'll be able to have our our service on the 18th and that we'll be able to gather for carols by Carla on the 19th and we'll be able to gather for Christmas in whatever way that looks like in our families or however that may be to celebrate and rejoice the real true meaning of Christmas. But it still does linger in the back of our minds. It's unprecedented. We've never done Christmas this way before. Never done Christmas having to wear masks. It's strange, yet also becoming so normal. One of the things that we chatted about yesterday with a few people was that we were all masked up and we were wearing gloves and doing all sorts of stuff and it was completely surreal. We'd never done that in the cafe situation before, but yet yesterday it felt totally normal in many respects as well. Automatically, you don't just move into a space. You're a little bit more cautious. You make sure that you have the space and the people are moving. We have adjusted to this unprecedented time. It's never been done before. And I can promise you that 2020 is not a year that any of us are going to quickly forget, although some of us may want to. But it's going to be there. 
I chatted with somebody the other day who actually had to, when lockdown 1.0 came, key workers were given a specific piece of paper. And a friend of mine said, actually, I'm going to hold on to it and laminate it. I'm going to show that to my grandkids. Because there are going to be moments of this crazy, unprecedented year that none of us will ever live again that we'll be able to say, you know what, I was a part of that. And it was strange and it was surreal. But God was doing some awesome things during that time as well. We have never as a church done a Christmas season where we aren't gathering in the church, where we aren't doing concerts and hugs and kisses and carol services. And this year, it's not going to happen. It's unprecedented. But the truth is that that first Christmas, that first arrival of Jesus, that was an unprecedented Christmas as well. And we're celebrating this waiting period where where we're in Advent waiting to celebrate the big arrival, that big celebration of Jesus coming. But actually what we're celebrating is an unprecedented moment in history. God had never done that before. Nobody had ever experienced that before. And so this series is going to be really unpacking some of the unprecedented aspects of that first Christmas Many of which we will all know possibly. We'll know the stories. We know the the narratives. We know the scriptures. But I think God wants to remind us of how unprecedented it was back then. And how even though we might be having an unprecedented Christmas this year, there's still an amazing Christmas story of what God is doing, unfolding throughout time. So for the next few weeks, that's what we're going to be focusing on. But for some of us, today we're still in November. We're not quite at the Christmas mindset. Some of you might be thinking, it's Advent already, but it's November. But it is the start of Advent. We are officially in that season. Our minds are maybe other places. We might actually be feeling really weighed down. When we're honest with one another, the year has not only been unprecedented, but it's been really difficult. Every single one of us has had weights that we didn't normally have, stresses that we didn't normally have. Some of us are completely lost and confused of what day is what at the moment. Our routines have been completely thrown about. We are feeling isolated. We're feeling stressed. Some of us are stressing over finances because we've been furloughed or we've been made redundant. We've lost friends to this killer virus. We've lost family members to this virus. None of us really seem to understand the virus. We are confused. It is a difficult, heavy time. And it's it's not a feeling that many of us are used to, maybe, in stepping into the season. We've had confused messages, left, right, and center, from from government, from around the world, other countries, of, of how to do things, of how not to do things, and nothing seems to be working the same way in any other place. Everything seems to be different. And so it's a really unprecedented season in so many respects. And so today we're going to dive into some scripture that most of us would not link into the Christmas period or the Advent period. And you might be thinking, why, if we've started Advent, are we going into this? And I I genuinely feel that God wants us to start focusing where we're going to go today so that we can truly step into that of Christmas, that of Advent. But I feel that we need to start in a different place today. So with that, I want us to turn to Scripture. And our, our, we're, we're, our focus for today is 1 Corinthians 4, starting at verse 7, 
all the way through 1 Corinthians 5, verse 10. It's a bit of a long reading, I know. I apologize for that, but I also don't apologize for that. It's God's word. If you take away nothing from today, you take away this. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to unpack a few things I feel that God has given to me to share from this scripture. So with that, it starts at verse 7 saying, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this, is all, that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Does anybody relate to that? Anybody feeling like any of those things? We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that this life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Let me just say that one more time. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Are we overflowing with thanksgiving? Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent in the turn, if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly, uh, sorry, to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Guaranteeing what is yet to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due to us for the things done while in the body whether good or bad. I mean, wow! Paul is writing to the Corinthians and you go, wow! 
There is so much in this. And truly, I could do a whole series on this, and that's not what we're going to be doing. So I'm going to have to kind of push through some of these things, and we'll unpack more in small groups, and the scripture's there, so do keep reading and praying and diving into it. But I feel God has a few things that he wants to say to us, to remind us about. Paul is writing to a church that is having many struggles in society. Much is happening for those of faith at that time. They're feeling under pressure about having to change their views, about their beliefs. Everybody's, everything's just a mess in Corinth. Nothing seems right. And there's pressure from the powers that be. There's arguments about theological leaders of who to follow, who not to follow. There are people living lives in ways that they don't agree with. Life is feeling rough. It's feeling heavy. Life for those who believed in Jesus wasn't necessarily easy either. And, and Paul and the others who are going out, are you feeling it even more? They're being persecuted. Their, their lives are constantly under threat. They are feeling pressed. They are feeling pressure. They're feeling heavy. Can you relate to that? If you're being honest right now as you're sat watching this, can you relate to feeling heavy? To feeling weary? To just kind of going, you know what? I don't understand what's going on. Because I'll, I'll be honest, you wouldn't be the only one. You're not alone. So many people of faith and not of faith are looking around going, what is happening? So many of us are feeling weighed down by, well, realistically, almost everything. The global church is divided. Finances are all over the place. There's a global pandemic that's killing millions of people. Our lives have been flipped upside down. The things that we've took comforts in, we can no longer do. We can't even see each other. We can't even spend time with our family like we want to anymore. We can't make plans for Christmas like we once wanted to. There's more pressure, more regulation. I mean, let's be honest. I'm, I'm speaking to you through a camera only. It's unprecedented. But into those times, we see that Paul starts by saying... What surrounds us may be heavy and desperate, but there is always something greater to hold on to. Maybe you need to hear that one more time. What surrounds us may be heavy and desperate, but there is always, always something greater to hold on to. Verse 8 says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. How many of us are feeling pressed and pressured? But hey, guys, let me just, let me just share with you some good news that maybe you don't know. And if you did know, maybe you've forgotten. There is something greater to hold on to. The stresses of the life, the, the weights that you're feeling, that is just for now, possibly. Because what is yet to come is so much greater. How many of us are feeling hard-pressed, perplexed, abandoned, struck down? But you're still here. You're not done yet. God's not done with you. God is still with you. Right now, as you're in the middle of those places, in the valleys, in the difficult times, in the stresses, God is with you. And, and Paul starts reminding us that as Christians... It's not about our physical lives right now or our bodies right now, but that there's something so much more, so much greater. It continues on in verse 13 and 14. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. 
All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may be may cause thanksgiving to overflow and to the glory of God. So many times we focus on the stuff that we're in right now. We focus on the rubbish that's pressing us down. And don't get me wrong, I get that and I, and I do the same Because what's surrounding us is what we see and what we feel and we just want to push back against it and that's all we can focus on because that's all we can see sometimes. But we're reminded that this life, this body is is, is just temporary. There's a really ridiculous saying that's been going around for the last few years among youth culture, YOLO. Y-O-L-O, you only live once. That's not true for us as Christians. (laughs) We don't live once because this life ends, but then we are resurrected and have eternal life with God forever. I don't know about you, but my brain, I don't think is big enough to really fathom and contemplate what forever really truly means. And we're getting lost in our present rubbish. And we're trying to live our life once and trying to live the best life now, but the best life is not now. The best life is yet to come. Living my best life isn't going to happen now. Living my best life is only in Jesus. I can live glimpses of my best life in Jesus now. Praise God for that. But my best life, that's a life without pandemic. That's a life without financial stress. That's a life without fear, without division, without art. That's a life in the presence of God forever. And Paul really starts trying to shift our views because, again, much like that reminder that we had in Haggai a few weeks ago, it's a matter of perspective. What are your eyes fixed on? A few weeks ago in in, in Haggai, we, we realized that God was trying to shift the perspective of the Israelites to kind of say, hey, don't look at things your way. Look at them my way. What are you focusing on? And Paul right here does the same thing for the Corinthians and ultimately the same thing for us. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. The world is wasting us away, y'all. But yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. Imagine describing some of our troubles right now as light and momentary. You're probably feeling like they're the worst troubles ever, some of us. I'm like, what? But they're light and momentary. Because right now they're, they're, the light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them. Your eternal glory, what you have yet to come in the presence of God forever and ever. Glory to him, almighty. They far outweigh the troubles that you're going through right now. And I know you might not feel that. And I know that right now you might be sitting there going, Adrian, how dare you tell me how to feel? How dare you? Please don't mishear me. I'm not trying to belittle the stuff that you're going through. I get it. It's painful. It's rough. I just want to ask you, where are your eyes focused? I'm not saying don't feel the pain. I'm not saying don't feel the strife or the, stru- the, the, the trouble. I'm, I'm, we're human. We're going to. But if our eyes are focused on our surrounding troubles, then we're missing where we're meant to have our eyes focused. Fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I'm not saying that focusing your eyes on Jesus and the, situa- and, and, and the eternal is going to fix the situation. It doesn't work that way. But as our perspective shifts, 
we find that we gain more strength and courage to, to step out and walk anything that we've got towards us, knowing that God is with us, knowing that, you know what, this is rubbish, and, and, and possibly other choice words you might insert there to describe it. But there's so much more yet to come in Jesus, and you know that you can handle it because God is with you. And the unprecedented pain, the unprecedented surroundings, the unprecedented challenges that you're facing, they are literally momentary troubles. And while you can't always see that in the midst of it, you need to come out of the valley. You need to be on the mountaintop to look down and go, oh, wow. But let me remind you of that truth and reality. So let me ask you, where are your eyes fixed today? What are you fixing your eyes on? Are you focusing on the mess that you see in the world around you, on the mess that's going on in your life? Are you focusing on the redundancy, on the furlough, on the virus, on the lockdown? Are you, are you focusing on the change of Christmas traditions because everything's going to be different moving forward? Are you focusing on financial crisis? On illnesses? Or are you focusing on Jesus? Are you focusing on the unseen, on the promise that we have in Jesus for life eternal? Because the truth of that promise is that whoever believes in him, in Jesus, would not die but have eternal life. Like whoever, any one of us, and maybe you need to be reminded of that fact today, that actually as we, as we step into God's presence and we say, Lord, I believe in Jesus, I believe in you, I believe that you walked this earth, that you gave your life for me, took all my punishment, and I don't want to be there. Lord, I, I'm sorry for my rubbish, I'm sorry for my stuff, and I want you to come and be with me and change me and, and fix me, Lord. Change my ways as, as we give our lives to Jesus. Whoever believes in him will have eternal life. I was once told that Christians, from a non-Christian friend of mine, Christians are obsessed with not dying. I'm not obsessed with not dying. I'm obsessed with the eternal life I have. Big difference. Because actually I know what is yet to come. It's going to be so much greater than anything I could ever fathom or understand. Even my greatest of achievements of moments here. Eternal life with God. Creator. But there is none of this crazy, unprecedented heaviness. I'm not obsessed with not dying. I'm obsessed with living eternally with him. How are you letting God transform you and prepare you for the eternal? How are your actions demonstrating your urgency and passion for the eternal? Do you think about the eternal? Do you talk about the eternal? Or does that not really feature in your thoughts or conversations? Because Paul, we see here, really makes an, a real big perspective, a real, um, has us check our perspective to say, hey, it's a big deal to focus on the eternal. So what are your eyes fixed on? If they're on Jesus, then hey, they're on the eternal. And, and suddenly the physical may not have as, as hard a pressing feeling. When I've been in those moments of, oh my goodness, the moment I lift my head and I look to Jesus, is the moment that those things don't disappear, but suddenly I have strength. Suddenly I have perspective. And for me, at least personally, in those moments, I go, you know what, God, I can do it. I can step through this with you and only with you by your strength, but come on, bring it. Anything that comes at me, I can take it, God, because you're with me. Because my focus is on what is yet to come. My focus is on him. It's not on the stuff around me. So where are your eyes focused? Don't get me wrong, you're still gonna be, still gonna be journeying through that stuff but it'll have a different impact because you know that regardless, it is temporary. Even if it's your whole physical life here, it's still only temporary in terms of eternity. 
And Paul continues on to make the point that we are called to live by faith and not by sight. It's a verse that you've seen behind me in past. It's a verse that you've heard quoted. And and many non-Christians will hear that whole walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, oftentimes it's used by non-Christians without even always recognizing that that comes from Scripture. But we see that Paul is making the point that we focus not on the comfort and pleasure of the current life. We don't focus on what we can see, whether good or bad. We focus on the promises and the hope that we have in Jesus. We walk by that faith that we have. Faith in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So many times I've, I've heard people say, I can't focus on that because I can't see it. But if we have faith, biblical faith, then we have assurance about what we do not see. I can't see eternal life. I can't see what it looks like, but I have assurance that it's there. I have assurance that in Jesus, we have it. I have assurance that in Jesus, it's way better than what I'm living. And maybe we need to be reminded of that assurance. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't even know about it. Maybe you don't see it. But maybe you're, you're, you're watching this and, and you're kind of like, well, I don't even really know where to start with my faith. Again, that gospel message broken down. Where our faith comes from is that as we turn to Jesus, as he's got everything sorted for us, and we say, hey, God, we are broken, and it's because of our brokenness that, that we, we, we sinned and we've walked away from you, but because of that, you had to come and give your one and only son, Jesus, for us, that he would pay the price, because it was too big a price for me to pay by myself, and he paid it for me, once and for all, and, and, and I thank you for that, and as, as you step into that realization that he lived for you, and died for you, and resurrected for you, you realize that there's an assurance of what is unseen and what is yet to come. So if you've never heard that or maybe never given your life to that, that, that giving your life to Jesus, and maybe not, I don't know where you are. But if you're watching this for the first time going, oh, what? There's a guy, Jesus, who, who gave everything for me? Yes. That you would not be stuck in your rubbish forever. That you would have forgiveness and, and, and redemption and that you would have Freedom from rubbish. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching right now that if you give your life to Jesus, you're going to wake up tomorrow, all is going to be fine, because that's not true. But as we give our lives to Jesus, we have the promise of the unseen, of the eternal that is yet to come. And so we see, and I close with this, it may have been an unprecedented year, y'all. And it is an unprecedented Christmas. But we walk by faith. Maybe you haven't made the, the jump into believing or having faith. Or, or, or you know, maybe you have and, and you're being reminded this morning of what that faith means. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, you can do that today. You don't have to be in the building. You don't have to pray a special prayer. You can just turn around and say, you know what, Jesus, you, you are the one that I need more than anything else. And I just want to follow you and I want to be with you. And you can, you can turn around and just say, my life is yours, Jesus. And if you do that, can I really encourage you to contact a Christian friend, contact us, contact your neighbors, you're, you're, because you, we're called to journey it together. And we want to rejoice with you and celebrate if you are stepping into having that faith right now, into focusing, shifting your focus on the right now to the eternal, to what God has given us and has got for us through that of Jesus. But maybe that's not you. Maybe you're watching this and you've had faith for a long time and you just need to be reminded 
But our focus is not this section, this rubbish. Our focus is on what is yet to come. It may have been an unprecedented year and it is an unprecedented Christmas, but we walk by faith, confidence, confidence in what we know, assurance of what we cannot see. So can I encourage you today, remind you today that as we are walking these unprecedented times and are stepping into an unprecedented Christmas, we're called to live and walk by faith, not by sight, not by what we can see, but by our faith in Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you made a way for us. I thank you, Lord, that that you're an awesome, loving, gracious God. I thank you that even though it is unprecedented, Lord, that you are with us. And I thank you that all the rubbish that we might be experiencing and seeing from pandemic to personal stuff, financial and beyond, Lord, emotional, spiritual, I thank you that the rubbish that we are journeying One, you are in there in the midst of it with us. But two, it is just temporary. And Lord, I pray that our eyes would be shifted to focus on you, shifted to focus on what is yet to come. Lord, that we would not be drowning and drowned in what we are in right now. But Lord, that we would truly be shifted out. That we would truly come to better understand what you have for us. That our lives would reflect it. And Lord, I pray that if there are those of us watching right now who are in the middle of difficult, rubbish, painful times, Lord, that you would right now by your spirit make yourself known, Lord, that you would by your spirit bring peace and comfort and that assurance of what is yet to come of the unseen. The assurance of your presence, although it may be unseen. The assurance of your promise. Lord, may your peace wash over those who are suffering. May we know your presence in all that we do. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We're sorry for what we've gotten it wrong, but Lord, we do ask and pray for more of you and less of us. In Jesus' precious and awesome name we pray. Amen.